Are you ready to get real? Welcome to Real Estate, the world's loneliest career, where you're always out of balance, unfulfilled, the role models are fake, the numbers unattainable, and you're just supposed to be and do it all. Join three self-made millionaire real estate agents, wives, moms, and business owners as we level up, learn from special guests, and elevate and disrupt an entire industry through real education our way. Hi, everybody. We're the Homegirls, and we are here today with, I think she's my friend. I'm going to call her my friend, Annalisa. <laughs> she is my health insurance broker, and she's been my health insurance broker for a long time. And as a part of our May series, we wanted to talk to the best of the best about all the places where realtors or entrepreneurs get into trouble with finances or personal things that we don't talk about enough. So Annalisa's here today to talk to us about all types of insurance. Uh, she is with Kodo Financial Services. She's amazing. She's here in Colorado, but you can work with people across the country, yes? Right. I'm licensed in multiple states, and some of the products I have, I can sell in all 50 states. Beautiful. So why don't you tell us just real quickly about how you got into this space? Well, um, I did not intend to go into insurance. It's been a family business. My dad started um, when I was six weeks old. He was in business, the family business, and my grandfather passed away. So my dad went into insurance at that point. So I kind of grew up in it, um, worked in insurance, delivering policies when I was in high school. Um, and I was going to have nothing to do with that whatsoever. So I am a biology chemistry major with an anatomy minor degree and went into medical and pharmaceutical sales. So I wasn't going to do what the family did. And when I had my daughter, that's now 17, I was laid off during maternity leave, just a whole other ridiculous story. But I begrudgingly went into the insurance business. Um, my sister is also in the industry. She is a very high level producer in the disability area. My dad is in group and group life health, and we don't work together. So I kind of do my own thing, um, bounced around a little bit, settled on individual health. And as you know, with interviewing Vicki this week, um, whenever that was, um, I do work with her because I knew that I had to offer my clients additional products beyond what I could do. So that's kind of how I came to this, like really briefly. Good. I feel like health insurance is, well, at least for me, I feel like Kristen could echo it. Angela, for sure, would echo this sentiment. Um, Jess has a husband who is phenomenally blessed to have a mm -hmm. big corporate government health insurance policy. But for those of us that are totally self-employed, it's like a cluster and it's super confusing mm -hmm. and it's super scary and it's hard to get information. Um, and it, there's a lot of like, I feel like it's political too, which is kind of silly, but you know, you hear that Obamacare stuff that's tossed around all the time. It used to be not as confusing. When did that change? Um, I don't know exactly when Obamacare went into effect, but, you know, I think there's just 
a lot of miscommunication. People just don't know, like they don't know what they don't know. And we all know that, you know, if you're going to get your education from the media, it's very biased um, and you're not getting the full picture. Um, with the, you know, implications or, you know, the, the starting of the Affordable Care Act, which people call Obamacare, it's actually less confusing than people realize. Um, but again, you know, you hear so much in the media that it just, it, it's not beneficial. I grew up, um, like my whole family's in medicine. Dad was a dentist. Mom is a nurse practitioner, sister's a nurse on the way to be nurse practitioner, brother's pre-med. So we are a house of learned doctors. And like mm -hmm. the idea of not having health insurance to my family is like horrific. Right. <clears throat> so I think when I met you, I was buying like these crazy plans that were like half of my salary a year with all these ridiculous benefits that I didn't even end up needing just because like I'd heard my whole life, gotta have really, really good health insurance for my family, you know? So um, how difficult is it for self-employed people to get health insurance and why do they need it? Well, they need it more than anything because it's a financial safety net. I mean, we all think it's all fine and dandy that we're going to self-insure and we're going to save that money. And, you know, cause you, you haven't used it in years and, you know, why waste that kind of money if you don't have to, but, you know, I like to say that the hospital is full of people that were healthy yesterday. And I don't know, Lindsay, if you've heard my particular story, but my son um, at age seven was diagnosed with type one diabetes and we were very fortunate that we caught it super early. He was not in the hospital, but the point is it's a very, very expensive disease. Um, one vial of insulin is gonna cost you $600 retail. Um, type one is not something that you can manage with diet. I mean, of course diet helps any disease state, but he's 100% dependent on insulin to live, period. Um, not only does he have the, you know, thousands of dollars worth of insulin in a month, he has, you know, supplies for monitoring his blood glucose for his insulin pump. It's, it's very, very expensive. And he literally went, I picked him up at lunch one day, took him to the doctor thinking he had a bladder infection. And they're like, nope, it's diabetes. The world changed overnight. And had we not had insurance, I do feel like that his treatment would be very different. Um, so yeah, I mean, people think, oh, it's, it's fine, it's fine until something happens to them. And there wasn't a history for him. Like we had no reason to think that, but you know, life changes in the blink of an eye and you have to be prepared or you're going to be financially devastated by trying to save a few dollars in the grand scheme of things. I don't know the statistic you maybe know, but like medical debt is like really prevalent for most mm -hmm. Americans, right? I mean, I think it's a leading cause of bankruptcy. I don't have the statistics handy, but you know, it is, it is not even just from not having insurance. Like, you know that I encouraged you to purchase the accident supplement. And what something like that does is if somebody has an injury, it is going to pay their out-of-pocket expenses. So currently with the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare plans right now, the maximum out of pocket for every plan, no matter if you have the least expensive or the most expensive plan, the bottom line is going to be the same. It's just a matter of how quickly you get there. And that's about 
85.50. Some have a little less, but they can't have more. So that's 85.50 per person, 17, uh, 17.1 for a family. That supplemental accent that I gave, that I you know sold you, encourage for many to have is going to pay that out of pocket should you have an injury. So, so like um, to break it down in my situation, simply last summer, Ryan was surfing behind our boat and popped his bicep tendon and yep. needed a $15,000 emergency surgery. We didn't have the accident plan at that right. point, which, ugh, but um, the accident plan that Annalisa is talking about like I want to say have paid out 7,500 of that. You probably had to pay 8150 depending on the plan that you had in 2020, but it pays out up to 7,500. So yes, it would have saved you a ton of money. Um, and I think it cost me like $40 a month. Like it's really, really inexpensive. It is inexpensive. Oh. And what kind of things does that cover is it just like oops I fell down and hurt myself or injuries so any sort of you know people when I say accident I, I should just say injury um one of the best stories is my own daughter that decided to try and balance a quarter on her tongue while she was brushing her teeth she's way too old to be doing something that stupid and it got stuck like right here in her esophagus and she's screaming and she's chest pain and everything. So I took her to the emergency room and, you know, you can't just pop it out. They had to go in and surgically remove it in that stupid quarter. You know, of course they hit the deductible. This is before the ACA and it wasn't that much, but it was like over $3,000 for a flipping quarter. Thankfully I had the accident plan because I was so pissed. Yeah, I ended up this year going like down a little bit on, like I went from like the platinum plan down to like bronze. And then I ended up doing the accident plan. So it's, it's the same bottom line. So the, the way you choose the best insurance plan for you, you know, so going back to that, talk about people not knowing what to do is, you know, we look at the, the plans and say, all right, the, the skeleton, if you will, is the same. So, you know, the uh, preventative care at no cost to you, the fact that they have to cover prescriptions, pre-existing, there's 64 essential health benefits in every plan, but it's a matter of how are you going to use it? If you don't think you're seeing a specialist on a regular basis, if you don't have an expensive medication that you're better off getting a copay for on a monthly basis, then you do go with the bronze plan, you save money, and you put in the supplemental accident and you're very well covered. You're essentially insuring for major medical expenses. Okay. I have a two-part question. So, um, number one, is it really a thing that there's could be like tax ramifications or fines or fees for not having health insurance? Cause I've um, heard that thrown out there all over the place. Well, you know, not wanting to be too political, but Trump did away with that. And when they say that, you know, he did away with the affordable care act, that's what he did because when it was you know, written into law, you were penalized if you did not have credible coverage. And the ACA Affordable Care Act was, <clears throat> excuse me, considered affordable, you know, was considered credible coverage. There are still some states that have that mandate. So if you do not have coverage, you are penalized on your taxes. And uh, off the top of my head, I don't have the <clears throat> exact figures with that. 
I believe there's four states. I think Washington's one and California's another. So that's what they're trying to bring back. Right now, if you don't have insurance, you're not going to be penalized, at least in Colorado and the majority of the states. So what's the, why penalize somebody for not having insurance? Like what's the, why? Well, I think the goal is to get everybody insured because the more people that you have insured, you make it so the risk pool is more balanced, if you will. So healthy people paying in um, kind of balances out the people. Like I said, my son, he's very high insurance companies lose money off of him. Um, <clears throat> so it, it helps to stabilize the price, if you will. Okay. So it's like, this is a really stupid example, but there's something going on with my furnace mm -hmm. and I bought a home warranty and it was like $500. And I was like, there's no way that this $500 home warranty is going to pay for a $3,000 furnace. And the guy on the phone was like, well, it's because of all those millions of people that paid the $500 and never needed right. the work. Exactly. So it's same thing. Like if mm -hmm. more people pay in. Right. And it's trying to prevent people from saying, you know, I'm just going to take my chances. Oh, I'm not feeling so good. I think I'm going to get insurance now. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So um, people that are new to the business, people that are new entrepreneurs, maybe people that have had a hard season, either haven't had insurance ever or don't have it right now and are afraid to get it because they're super afraid of the cost. I mean, are there plans and things out there that they can go and get for themselves that will help them without financially bankrupting them? There absolutely are. And so the tough thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, when I speak with, <clears throat> excuse me, new realtors, hardest question that I ask them is what's your income gonna be this year? And I say, you know, I understand you don't have crystal ball. Nobody really knows what their income is especially somebody just starting out in your industry. But if you're, it's, it's almost a sliding scale. I mean, it's not a sliding scale, but the, your, what you pay is based on a calculation of your income and your tax household size. So I do have clients that have a very low income and it's based on the percentage of federal poverty level. And I have people that have a zero premium because their tax credits cover the rest of the premium. So the IRS is paying the insurance company on their behalf in advance of the tax credits. Now they can take the tax credits when they file taxes. And I always tell people, you know what, worst case scenario, it's not exactly worst case, but if you have an amazing year and you, you know, knock it out of the park and make a million dollars, you're going to owe those tax credits back when you file taxes. So just be aware. So it is something that people who are struggling can still and should go out there and get. Absolutely. And if somebody's income is, you know, higher and it's still a struggle for them, maybe they have a lot of expenses or whatever, there are some alternatives to traditional health insurance that are extremely affordable. And the older that we get, if you qualify for those, huge savings. I mean, I saved a family of three, $1,200 by enrolling them in one of these alternatives. Um, I don't want to say too much because I don't want people Googling these because it's not the right fit for everybody. And they need to talk to a broker and find out if it is a good fit and they need to know the good, bad, and ugly of it. But there's definitely alternatives and you know it can be relatively affordable. 
So Kristen does one of those like health sharing plans. Mm -hmm. And she, like her and I had a conversation that was like last year, I think she had really good luck with it, right? Like tell the story about Cade. Very, and I was, I was just about to talk about it when you, when you brought it up. So yeah, my son, um, got a concussion. He rides a, a motorcycle and got mm-hmm. a concussion, took him to the ER and the, the bill was $12,000. <clears> um, <throat> they paid every single penny of it, every single penny. Mm-hmm. And Eric, I, that's what, what I was referring to. They're great. Mm-hmm. However, not all health shares are identical. Correct. There are some with some loopholes that I don't like. Um, people need to know how they work. And again, they're not the right fit for everybody. And I like to really screen people before I just have somebody join one. Right. But it's people better don't. than having nothing, right? What? At the very least. It's better than having nothing at the very least, right? Not I mean, like I, I talk to like a huge volume of agents that I know some that are uber successful and some that are brand new in the business that don't have insurance and right. never. Well, they it. need to look at what the right fit is. Cause I mean, if you were put in the health share and you are not aware of the fact that they don't cover pre-existing conditions and you think you're going to save some money, you're not saving anything when you go to the doctor and it's not covered. If you have an expensive medication and your neighbor tells you that health share is so great. And then you find out that that's not covered. You're in a world of hurt. So it's always best to talk to a broker. I mean, as you know, there's no charge for my services. I get paid to enroll people. I don't get a commission. It's just a flat rate. So I have no incentive to put you in one plan over another. It's just a matter of finding what is the best fit for your health needs as well as your financial needs. Kristen, why do you think that so many agents and entrepreneurs don't have insurance? Like, is it money is it fear is it like cockiness like what why do you think that is i'm glad you brought that up because i was was literally just passing through my mind too um i would say an outsider looking in like because i was i was an assistant for a very long time so seeing self-employed people coming in and doing this i think it's they see the cost they get their license they get going they've got mls dues they got office dues they've got to pay their taxes they got to do this and that's, to me, that's last resort when it comes to health insurance. And that blows my mind. I'm not going to lie. It, it was last resort for my husband and I. Um, we were right on the verge of Obamacare, right when my son was born about 10 years ago, when we got on Obamacare and it started to just get more expensive and more expensive. And we're just, at that point, we're like, we can't do this. Like we're self-employed. We can't Every year it went from $400 up to Mm $1,500 on us in one year. And it was like, we can't do this. So I think agents put it on the back burner because they're putting their business first. And I think when self-employed people come into this business and knowing that, I think they need to put that first because it's about family and yourself first and then business. People always put the business first and you're going to, you're going to go stir crazy. But I think with this podcast and now saying this now, we need to put it forward, put your health first, put your family first. And that includes health insurance. And I think that's what agents do. They just put on the back burner. I also think that if you've been really blessed with good health, 
Right. It's not something that you think about. Like I, I once heard a police officer say like when finances get tight for most Americans, like car insurance is the first thing that goes by the wayside. And so that's why there's so many accidents that happen with uninsured people. I think if you've been blessed with good health and you've never like had something scary happen to you and you don't know what it means to like, to be able to go pick the best doctor or the best surgeon or to be able to get that medication that's a billion dollars, you just don't think about it. Like it, it, it's like paying something to the future that has no benefit if you've never had an experience with right. something scary happening. But like right now with COVID, like this is terrifying to me that like it's, it's terrifying to me that like, and it's really dramatic, but like, who gets a ventilator? Is it the person who has right. the health insurance that can afford it or the agent who forgot to sign up for health insurance because they were trying to save $300 a month? You know, right. like I think this should wake people up and make them know that they need something to protect themselves. Right. I will, I'm going to piggyback off that because I, that's actually crossed my mind the last couple of months um, with the type of plan that my husband and I are on. Um, my husband went to the hospital about a month ago with some chest pains. <laughs> um, he was in the ER for about three or four hours and heart attacks run in both our families, um, especially Eric's family. And I was literally sitting in the car because you're not allowed to go into the ER now. I'm literally sitting in the car for three hours waiting for him to come out thinking, oh my gosh, we're getting up there in age, which we really aren't, but we are, I guess. And it's kind of like, should we be looking at something else now? Like, what if this is going to be a continuing issue with him? What if our insurance drops us because of this? Like, should we be going in? Like that, that needs to be said too, for these young ones coming into the business. Like you're young, you're healthy, you're great, but you are not always going to be young and healthy. You need to think of the future. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because, um, you know, I have a story and I was telling Lindsay yesterday, I guess this would be a good time to bring it up, but you know, speaking of young and healthy, so my, um, one of my sorority sisters, college roommate, young, healthy, um, went into real estate, right? When we graduated college, she was a couple years behind me. And she, at the time she was the top college agent, I wanna say in the country. I mean, just amazing. And making great money. This was, oh my gosh, early nineties. Anyway, so she was making spectacular money. She meets this guy. He's in some form of real estate. I don't know what it was at the time. He's making great money. They get engaged. And I said, you know, you need to think about disability insurance because what disability insurance is, is that's insuring your income. If something happens and you cannot work, it is going to pay you tax-free income. And I think we figured out it was going to be like $6,000 a month tax-free until age 65 for the policy I talked to her about. And she went to her then fiance and he said, oh, don't worry about it. If something happens, I'll take care of you. Well, guess what? Something happened. And she was diagnosed with multiple autoimmune diseases and spent over a year on the couch. Could not get up, just exhausted and feeling horrible and everything. So Needless to say, there went this amazing career in real estate. Um, then, you know, his job, I don't remember what it was exactly in real estate, didn't exactly go so well. Um, they ended up blowing through a lot of retirement 
plans that they had. Um, and it was a huge, huge financial struggle and burden. And right now, at this point, we calculated recently that she missed out probably on a million dollars right now because she did not take that policy when she was young and healthy. And that's a story. She's like, tell my story, tell people. You know, she, she's not in real estate now. She doesn't have the energy to do it. She still struggles with autoimmune issues. And COVID's been horrible because she's, you know, so scared, scared to leave it. the house. Yeah. And, you know, her income is easily 90% less than what it was. Oh. So that money would have really, really come in handy. And people, when they're young, is the best time to get your disability insurance because you qualify and people think it's expensive. No, we can tailor the, we can tailor the premiums for disability by, you know, making a longer elimination period, which is essentially a deductible or, you know, lowering the benefit, raising the benefit. There's, there's so many ways to tailor it to make it affordable, but people, you know, they, when you convince them to insure their health insurance, that's great, but they don't think about insuring their income and in your industry how do you become disabled i mean you have an accident you're laid up unable to drive for a couple months are you disabled can you not show your houses i mean that stuff will wake me up in the middle of the night in like a cold right. sweat because i'm a single mom but i've always been the breadwinner for my family my entire life and like i mean if something happens to me we're done. Yeah. You know, like even when I wasn't a single mom, like there's no one else to call, no one to help. Like that's terrifying. And all it does, you know, our business is so fickle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like if you let off the gas with what you're doing for just a little bit of time, you know, you, you break a leg, you have a surgery, you get right. a sickness, like you can totally screw up your entire career. And then what do you do? I mean, that's, it's scary. It's scary it's stuff. Scary. Nobody thinks that that's ever going to happen and God willing it doesn't, but like I've known people that that's happened to. People are much more likely to become disabled than they realize. Yep. And the other thing that, you know, people don't realize is some of these disability policies are set to own occupation. So if you were unable to be a realtor, you still get that, that income. And let's say you decide to do insurance and work from home like I do and not have to get up. I mean, I could work from the couch, whatever, you know, you could still earn additional income and that would not reduce that benefit for you. How but, much does something like that cost? Well, like I said, we can tailor it um, to fit your budget. And I'd like to do that because something is better than nothing. Um, I like to have the policies, you know, between one to 2% of your income. So definitely affordable. The last thing I want someone to do is be stressed at the premium and cancel it when times get tight because that's the time you're most likely to need it. Well, I will say like, we need to change the mentality in the, in the sales industry of insurance for ourselves and just for our business. I will tell you this last couple of years, we have put that onto our business and the biggest thing for me was, it, this is so funny, like I didn't even like think of my son or my husband, like if, if we became sick or disabled and I wasn't able to sell real estate, um, then my employees bills are paid 
my employees are going to get paid. And that was number one for me. Like I have three employees and I'm like, if, if I got into an accident tomorrow or if something happened to my husband, like I know my kids taking care of, but my employees are not. And people don't understand this in this industry with these big, with these big teams, with mm-hmm. these assistants, like they don't understand, like if something happens to you, it happens to your whole team. Right. And we really need to open up the minds of every realtor and salesperson in America and be like, you need this insurance. You need it period. Cause it will save you. Mm-hmm. Actually, that brings up something that I wasn't planning on talking about, Kristen, <laughs> but, um, like, okay. So for people who do own teams or do have employees, can you even still offer health insurance plans for your employees or your team or your company? Or is that not even a thing anymore? No, you can. Um, Cause like I've gone to hire really amazing, amazing talent and they've passed because they take a job that offers them benefits. Um, there are new laws that came out actually, it's been about a year and it's called an ICRA. It's an individual coverage healthcare reimbursement account where you offer employees pre-tax dollars for their medical expenses where they purchase an individual plan compared to a group. And typically the individual plans are less money, um, but the people do have to be W-2 employees. So if you have a W-2 employee, they can do that. Um, obviously you save on some taxes for your um, employees. Uh, they get the allowance. Um, it's a great option for a smaller business. When I say smaller, you know, 200 and under because the group employee plans that people hear about, you know, the $500 deductible, those kind of things, those are only available to the very large companies because anything else is going to be similar to an individual plan in both price and the design of the policy. Interesting. There, there is something else and I, I excuse my ignorance, but like, honestly, this stuff really goes over my head. If it wasn't for my husband, I'd be like, I'd be lost. So excuse my ignorance, but there's something that we just signed up for, for our team that each employee that we have, if they've been on for a year or they've been on for two years, we can start depositing money into like a, an account for them. Help me out. I don't know what this is. Maybe, maybe you don't know either. What's um, the money designated for? Uh, gosh, I want to say like, it's like a Roth IRA type of okay, thing. Not a Roth. Yeah, that's stuff. something that's, that you could talk to Vicki about. That's not, okay. I, I, okay. that doesn't sound health insurance Sounds- related. Okay. Okay. But isn't there something health wise for that too, though? There is. So there's a health savings account, which is an account that's attached to a specific type of plan where you deposit pre-tax dollars that are earmarked for medical expenses. Now those, the money in those accounts is going to roll over and accrue interest from, from year to year in an HSA. There's also a flex spending account. And I believe that's where an employer can match some money and that is pre-tax dollars for medical expenses but that's a use it or lose it that's the flex the flex is the one i was talking about now that you said that it's flex so there's one there's that a wouldn't be that would not be a two-year thing so flex is calendar year and if you don't use it it goes away 
Okay, gotcha. Let me just disappear. Well, maybe you just decided to only start giving them that benefit after they've been with you a year or two, though. Right, right. Absolutely. So, like, and like another thing, too, is like what these agents and these salespeople don't understand is you need to take care of your teams. You need to take care of your, your team members within your essentially family. Cause that's your family. It's your work family. Mm-hmm. And when you provide them with some type of health insurance or some type of something, it keeps the team together and it keeps everybody healthy as well too. It, I just feel like we're in the weirdest yeah. business in the entire world, which is why I wanted to do this whole series because we make so much money and we are so clueless and we are so undereducated and so underprotected. It's wild to me. Like it's right. so, and you know what? I'll raise my hand. I've been there. I think Kristen can raise her hand. All of us can say we've been there. Right. But like, it's shocking to me that you have people that are making $500,000, a million dollars, $2 million, $3 million a year. <clears throat> if someone in their family gets sick, they're going bankrupt over medical bills, but the IRS is coming for them. They have nothing in retirement. They're blowing through it like water. Like it's, 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 it's mentality. It's mentality. Like, think about it. Like, I'm not going to say which company or who, but you sit in these classes and they're like, well, sell one more house and you can cover that. Well, what if I can't sell one more house? What if I'm bedridden? You know, you can't have that mentality of I'm just going to go make one more sale. You can't do that because what if you can't? What if I'm on COVID and, or I have COVID and I'm on a ventilator and like, I can't work for a year. I mean, my family would be destroyed. Like people always, I think, I think Americans, America was, I was raised at least in a non-sales household. My parents both worked for the state. They had government positions and we were taken care of because we were, they worked for the government. And they basically made it seem like if you go into the sales industry, you're just, you're thrown to the gauntlet. You're, you're all in. It's just you, which essentially it is, but but like, slow down, sit back, look at the cost as to you're you're right. And I think, you know, there's a lot to the money narrative that needs to change. And, you know, like when you, when you talked to Vicki the other day, we, we see that all the time. And that's, one of the reasons that we've developed the financial wellness program is that, you know, people of all income levels need to learn how to gain control of their finances. And just because somebody makes more money doesn't mean they keep more. Yep. It doesn't mean they're better off financially. I mean, we've seen people with very nice portfolios that live in, I'm sure you guys see it too, you know, modest houses and they drive the, you know, used cars and stuff like that and then you'll see these people i'm sure you guys get it lindsay out near us you know the hate to say you know that big gated community by me in the back country how many of those houses are people moving because they can't afford it i mean the lifestyle creep is real and a lot of times people make more they spend more and you know i know it's not necessarily part of my insurance job if you will but I think, you know, you you touch on something, Kristen, that, you know, we need to educate people on how to take care of their finances, whether they're making a lot or they're making a little, there are ways to improve and change mindset and, you know, figure out ways to kind of try to make that money last. It's just like, I know this is a silly example, but it's like eye cream. Um, By the time that I realized in my mid thirties, 
that I should have started eye cream as a late teenager <laughs> or early 20s. It was like way too late and the wrinkles were real and they're not going back. It's the same thing. Like, well, Thankfully there's Botox. And you know, like <laughs> the similar type of thing with insurance and financial services products. There's it's oh, you have never financial Botox? I need that. I mean, but Botox it, for your finances, we could figure it out. We could sell that. It's the, it's the same thing though. Like by the time that you're older and thinking about starting to save for retirement, the time came and went by the time that you need the health insurance that you don't have, you needed it a long time ago. I mean, you have to do these things proactively. It's it's never too late. It just might cost you more. You know, we all know the eye cream is a heck of a lot less expensive than Botox. Um, But I guess you could look at your investing and saving for retirement <laughs> the same kind of way right now, do you want eye cream or do you want botox like they're both <laughs> going to get you the same place but one is going to cost you a heck of a lot more up front and it's less painful <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> there it's we like, go it's like it's like america was like we were taught to like not have insurance like we were taught to like just spend our money you know what I mean? It's like, that's the mentality that everybody has now. They bring all this money in and then, oh, look, I got to go get that cute car or I got to go get this. Screw my health well, insurance. And, right. Screw my it sure doesn't help. I mean, right. I've got teenage daughters and my God, they're driving me insane. Well, we need Lulu. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't. And they've got a schlap daddy that figures that, you know, oh, daddy, I need my nails done. No, me, I'm like, um, no, you need to do chores and I'll pay you instead of a cleaning lady and I'll pay you to get your nails done. But instead they'll be like, dad, get my nails done. And dumbass goes and does it for them. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say that, but it is true. No, it, it is. I don't know. I, <clears throat> for me, I, I would think that a lot of agents or entrepreneurs don't do this because they're afraid of the cost. Right. Personally, and this is another reason I wanted to do this series, I think they're embarrassed. Yeah. Like I know for a fact, I was literally talking to someone about this this morning. Mm-hmm. He was like, I can't call someone about health insurance because I haven't had it in 15 years and they're going to laugh at me. Like they're embarrassed. Oh well, you know what? I don't, I don't laugh at people. I, you know, maybe it's just me, but you know, I'll get people all the time and especially like these big tech guys. And they'll say, oh my gosh, I don't know how you do what you do. And I'm like, listen, we all have to outsource to our ability. I'm like, I can barely turn on the computer. I hardly know how to work Zoom. I am like the biggest tech idiot there is. And I'm like, but then, you know, this guy is like genius with it. And I'm like, you outsource to what you don't know. And no one should be made to feel stupid for not knowing. I mean, it's complex. And I could probably talk health insurance in my sleep. Not the most exciting subject, but you know, I know it like the back of my hand. So you work with somebody like that. There should be no shame in trying to better yourself no matter what it is. I think it's embarrassment. I think it's fear of cost. I think it's just not knowing how to navigate it. And I I think, like I said, the media just does a number on everything. And there's so many misconceptions that, you know, certain things are not going to be covered or you know, I pay this insurance. I see, I saw it this morning. Some girl was like, well, you know, can I switch? The plan that I have doesn't cover anything. I'm like, well, it does, but you have out of pocket and nobody bothered to explain that to you. Right. 
I think it's ego too. Cause I think it's like, I'm young, I'm hot shit. I'm good. I don't need this. You know, all it takes is the young and invincibles one yep. little oops, you know? Um, but it's weird to me in this business that we don't talk about any of this, like at all. The closest I've ever seen to having this real life stuff discussed is that agent financials class that Keller Williams does. But in that class, they're just talking about like taking your money and putting it in, you right. know, paying your, paying your taxes, right? They don't like, go into depth. No, they don't, they don't talk about any of this stuff. No one talks about it and like Kristen said like I wasn't raised by parents who know how to educate me on this stuff my parents both also had government positions health insurance was given as a part of their benefit package like I you know I tried my mom is in healthcare, and when I first came into this business and tried to go get my own insurance she was like I can't read this shit I have no idea what any of this is right you know so we were not educated on what we need when we need it and how to go get it and it's I think I've been embarrassed I mean I know there's no reason to be embarrassed I mean honestly we just you know you don't know what you don't know and any professional should not make you feel bad for not knowing what you didn't know I mean it's our job to educate you how to get it and to steer you to the right policy for your needs so run us through real quick, like what you think everyone should have real estate agent, entrepreneur in general, like what are the things, is it health insurance, life insurance, disability? Like I think health insurance, 100%. Um, I think unless you have a huge amount of money just laying around to get an accident plan, it's 54 a month for an entire family. It's going to pay out, you know, uh, up to 17,000 a year. You have to have it for 10 years and not use it to lose money. I mean, 100% accident. I think if you can qualify for disability, why not insure your income? Um, life insurance, you never know when you become uninsurable. Um, my son became uninsurable with the diagnosis of type 1 diabetes. So he's got 50000 in life insurance. That's all my future grandkids are going to have when, you know, he has kids. I mean, that's scary. Um and then the retirement, you've got to save for retirement. People just don't think about it. And like Kristen said, oh, I can just make another house and put that away. But, you know, that's why I like working with Vicki because she tries to teach people, let's create a pension and that's money where you cannot outlive. And you get used to a certain lifestyle and you're not going to make that necessarily when you're, you know, if you're lucky enough to live to 85 and slowing down. Right you're not going to make that. So you need to think to the future. How am I going to be able to maintain this lifestyle? And it takes planning. It's not just a wish that you hope, you know, oh, the next house I make, I'll, I'll put some money in savings. Or Lindsay, like you talked about, you know, I'll find the guy at the bank that offers, you know, talks fast and tells me he can make all this money for me. It doesn't work that way. It takes planning and you need to plan your yeah. income, savings, and retirement, and just, it, it needs to be done. I wish I would have known about this sooner. I'm, I'm 30, I'm going to be 36 this year, and Eric and I just finally got all of our stuff insured, all of our stuff, like, maybe a couple of years ago, and I wish I would have known about this year, 10, 15 years ago. Like, I think- well, I you should, know now, and that's great. Right. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And if I can, if we can tell that youngin getting into the business, that one coming out of high school, like, 
you know, the one that didn't have the parents that supported it or the ones that don't know what's going on in the sales world, like that will change the future of our industry and change the future of America. I sure as hell do not want to be working past 45. You know, like I'm not joking. Like she's serious. I, she's retiring I'm, to the keys. She's I'm got a not plan. Joking. Like if if I have to live within my means now to retire between 40 and 45, by damn, I'm gonna do it. I mean, well, you know, I think you need to talk to Vicky about that because there's some <laughs> products that you can't access until you're over 45. Um, <laughs> That's just the way that, that some of those um, retirement plans work. Yeah. But, but um, I think that it's, it's really, it's, I don't know who's supposed to do this because we are all self-employed. So there's really no like governing body or education source, but I think it's negligent that yep. people aren't taught this. It's people crazy. Think, what is it called? The, the people that are in touch, in charge of the agencies, whatever. They, the they brokers are managing broke. No, brokerages. no. I mean, if you want to learn about this stuff, you would be lucky in my experience if someone introduced you to someone really great, mm -hmm. or you would spend a lot of time Googling or you, you'd probably call who your parents use. Yeah. But like Kristen and I were saying, like in, in our experience, like we don't really have parents that can help us with a lot of this. Parents have pensions and right. different things that we don't even get a chance to deal with. And I do think that I've learned this. It was something that I always thought that I just dealt with. And I thought it was my personality, but working with these other three women in our podcast, I've learned it's not just me. Like there is so much fear in what we do. We're afraid all the time. Like it's like physical, horrible, wake you up in the middle of the night fear. And I'm learning. I don't think it's because like we give a shit if we sell two more houses this year, it's because we don't have our houses in order and we're afraid of what will happen if we cannot continue at the pace that we're currently it's working. Good. Well, I love that you were bringing in my friend to do a little seminar in person, but you know, I'll just offer her up right now because she's really good at it. But you know, there's no reason we couldn't do virtual seminars about this as well for education. Um, because you're right, it's, it's very important. And, you know, there are people that can help get the word out. I like really think the arc of an agent or an entrepreneur is like, get in, make a bunch of money, fuck it all up, yep. lose it all or something happens. Okay, realize I did something wrong. Go back out and make it all again and try to do it better the next time. Right. Like I literally think that's every agent on the planet or every entrepreneur on the planet. Like you just there's no education. Because we don't know how to plan. They they don't think about what am I going to do to protect myself and what right. am I going to do to make this money last? And those are two things that you know new agents need to realize because you know is not unique to agents. I mean, look at these pro athletes, they come out, some of them are young, like under 20, and they're getting millions of dollars. 10 years later, they're broke. Mm -hmm. they so don't they yeah. yeah. I don't know. We need, we need to change that. We need to change the mindset of our, mm -hmm. our industry. And I think it start it starts with us because we're, we're getting to be the older ones now. And we need to, okay. we need to teach stop me. with the older because I'm almost old enough to be your mother. Okay. <laughs> You're but I think we're passionate. Chicken. Our group is passionate about helping 
other people. And this is just something it's like fight club. Like no one will talk about it. So we're going to go out there and talk about it. And I hope, and I think it's the persona of, Oh, you're a realtor. You make a lot of money. Look at the car you drive. Look at the house you live in. Look at this person. He just sold a million dollar house. Look at this. He's balling. But little do we know that that balling realtor doesn't have insurance, doesn't have insurance on their business. Isn't so balling. And I, I mean, I've heard like that horror stories, like so, yeah. so, so bad from people that like, I know personally about this yeah. stuff it's it's you're not immune to the shit that happens in life you know well and you think that maybe they're doing well right. but you don't really know based on what they post on social media right trust me I hear the finances when they call me for insurance and it's not always all these realtors doing well I mean I would say that it's more the exception than the rule because some of my realtor clients I mean I just talked with one last week and she thinks she might make 50,000 this year like after all said and done yeah I mean I'm like well, what do you think you're gonna make I don't know I'm like can you give me a ballpark I mean and again it's it's unpredictable and you know when you're just starting out and getting clients and all of that um right. I don't know but thankfully she is learning to protect herself right so um, as we're recording this right now, it's February. And when we release this whole series, it'll be May. So um, talk just really quick about like, what are the rules for when you can get insurance? So like if someone hears this in May and decides they, they want to take this stuff and get insurance today. So if they hear this in May and they want to get insurance, the way things are right this very moment, they will not be able to get ACA Affordable Care Act insurance in May unless they have a qualified life change event. That is losing credible coverage, meaning insurance through their employer has been dropped or they leave an employer and they lose it. They have a 60 day window of opportunity with which they can get coverage. If this were to air next week, rules are different. So President Biden signed new legislation allowing people that are uninsured to get coverage from February 15th through, I think, May 15th. After that, the window closes. Now, who knows what's going to happen then? No one can predict what COVID and all that is going to look like at that time. But um, yeah, in May, you're going to need a qualified life change event. However, HealthShare, because it's an alternative to traditional health insurance, they can sign up for that at any time during the year. Who knows if it's the right fit for them? We just don't know. I had to do that. You helped me with that one year. We did a health share to get me through to right. open. Well, I mean, it's better than nothing. Right. But um, yeah, so again, the, the open enrollment period, it's a second open enrollment that Biden signed is February 15th through May 15th. When is typical open enrollment? Um, November. And it is if November 1st through December 15th is typical open enrollment that would get you a January 1st start date. And then December 15th through, they change it every year, will get you a February 1 or possibly a March 1st start date. That part is really up in the air because like I said, it varies every year. They keep changing the rules. Can you just tell people what the like open enrollment means though? Like open enrollment means that you can purchase insurance without a qualified life change event. And when you were purchasing traditional ACA insurance, 
pre-existing conditions do not matter. I mean, you could call me and say, I'm undergoing treatment for cancer right now. Where do I get insurance? And, you know, I, I can get you anything. You're not going to be charged more for your pre-existing condition. Um, and I'll get people that'll say, well, I don't need to tell you what I have. And I'm like, you're right. You don't. But if you do, I can help you find a plan that works best for you, but you, you don't have to tell me <laughs> and some won't. Um, but I just want to know, like, let's find a plan that has your doctor in network because sometimes people want to see their doctor or they want to be able to undergo treatment at a certain facility. And that's why I need to know. What is, so qualified life change is when you lose your insurance, but then through no fault of your own. So if you just don't pay the premium and you're canceled, that does not mean you get a freebie and you get to get new insurance. But what about a divorce or a separation? A divorce, if you lose coverage because you have a divorce. Now this gets tricky because people hear, oh, I'm getting a divorce. That means I can get coverage. Not if you didn't have insurance. You have to have lost coverage through the life change event. Um, if you move, that's easier to get through. You know, so if you move to another state um, or sometimes even another county, that opens up a life change event. But typically, you have to lose coverage throughout the year because of that. And if someone called you today and they've never had insurance before, it's been a long time since they've had it, do they get penalized for that? No. No not during open enrollment. No, well, they're never gonna be penalized for not having it, at least in Colorado, in some of the states where the ACA is still mandated, penalties apply, but not in the majority of states. Okay, what else should we talk about? I feel like this was really good. I'm like I'm very, con very convicted and passionate about like talking about all this weird Same. stuff that no one Same. ever wants to talk about. Cause like I've, I've hurt myself with this stuff. And I've had friends that have hurt themselves with this stuff and it's not like on purpose, but you're like ashamed to go talk to people about it and get help. So I hope that people hear this and right. decide to pick up a phone. Oh, um, best way for someone who wants insurance to get it. Obviously they should call you <laughs> number one, but if they, if they don't like, where's the best source for not crazy difficult to understand information? Well, it's all going to be difficult to understand whether they get it through the state exchange, the marketplace is where you go to get your tax credit. And there's also a federal. So healthcare.gov is the federal exchange and certain states have their own exchange or also known as a marketplace. Go through that. You got to be real careful. Um, when I'm helping people through marketplace plans, I make them describe the screen that they're looking at to me because there's so many that try to look similar in, you know, those, I don't even know. Scammy, yeah. The scammy things, yeah. So um, really fast, what's the benefit of using a broker? And do people have to pay you out of pocket? How does that work? No, um, I do not charge. Um, there is one company that I won't represent that will allow me to charge because they won't pay me. But I won't do that. So there's no additional cost for using my services. And when I am authorized as your broker, I can call to the exchange on your behalf. So for example, I have some clients that are experiencing some difficulties. I've got a call after this, then we'll be talking to the carrier directly on their behalf. So it saves them the headache of having to do that themselves. It's like having a realtor. 
You don't need one, but it's going to make everything a lot less convoluted and complicated. You're going to spend a lot less time and you're probably going to end up with a better result if you use a broker, right? Exactly. Well, this was awesome, Annalisa. Thanks for coming on and helping us talk through this stuff. Angela, Jessica, and Lindsay are in the top 1% of all realtors and would love to receive your real estate referrals in Colorado. Connect with the Homegirls on social media at The Real Homegirls Podcast.